sacrifices they have made of you, warehoused like rotting pieces of meat. Tell me, is this the better way? I'm sure you've had time to reflect upon it. What you need to understand is that I don't care about the game. I don't care about the rules. I don't even care about these pathetic souls you keep locked away as a barrier to the prize. Which one is Connor McCloud? Watchers, not cops. Welcome to the Highlander Rewatch Podcast, where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Defund the Watchers. Oh no, oh. defund the Watchers. How they would you like to see uh, yeah. their their tasks divvied up between some other social services? Um, I don't know. Maybe just like people that actually do their jobs on uh. like the watchers <laughs> right yeah, the watchers okay. don't do a lot of watching yeah they've mostly been uh screwing around shooting people it would seem yeah that seems to yep. be like their thing mm. for the most part i mean i think they've really gone downhill since they lost vmos personally that's right he was, well, that he was a... gave them so much security yeah that was the reason <laughs> security was the... was the reason yes it was and shapiro i'm sorry what shapiro he's gone too that's right Kyle thought you said Ben Shapiro, didn't you? I definitely did. And I was like, Ben Uh-oh. Shapiro. Looking forward to how you this one gets tied up. <laughs> That's right. And Sh- Shapiro was the uh was he the head that put uh Joe on uh trial? Yep. Look at this. I also think we should congratulate ourselves. We are a minute into this podcast and we're actually talking about Highlander. Uh so oh. this, is the, this might be some kind of record. It's a miracle. Usually we're off on some tangent already. Uh but so, in fairness, it's a Highlander tangent to discuss to distract us from talking about this Highlander. That's right. Which that's I right. think we're all cagey about doing. Uh yeah, absolutely. Uh so this is our fourth episode so far covering Endgame. Uh, before we started recording, we were just discussing how many episodes did we think this podcast series would be. Amen. How many do you think it'll be? Um at this point. I think before we started, we said five. Uh is this really number four? Uh-huh. That counts the trailer, though. That does count yes. the trailer. That so this is that's, really... like, that's like an hour long. That's true. But this it's is really the third one. one about the movie proper. Correct, yes. Movie proper. Okay. Movie proper. Um, you know, <laughs> I'll say uh, eight episodes. Eight episodes, right? Okay. Uh, I, I carved out the position early. Lucky number 11 is what we're going for. Um, because I what know- what a fragile mental state this movie puts me in. I, I'll agree with you, Eamon. Like it could be, it could be eight to ten. If this was ten, I'd be like, sure. And one of those episodes is me just crying <laughs> for like. I, I think all of our listeners at home are crying, thinking about what we're going to be talking about for ten episodes. But that's right. The same man. 
<laughs> That's right. All right. Well, before we jump into stuff, uh, we're going to start uh, the episode with a little bit of reader mail. And so we got yeah. some uh, messages this week uh, actually pertaining to Islander Endgame. So we thought oh. we'd read those uh, to kick off the show. Uh, the first uh, comes from one of our patrons, and this comes from James R. And he says, hi, rewatchers. A quick note about Jacob Kell's shoes. I've never seen this confirmed anywhere, but I've always had the suspicion that Kell's shoes were inspired by those of Huck Finn's father. Huck's father had two nails bent into the shape of a cross embedded into the heel of his boot as a, mean to warn, as a means to ward off the devil. Another possible reference is a quote that is often attributed to Martin Luther, which reads, the Christian shoemaker does his Christian duty not by putting little crosses on his shoes, but by making good shoes because God is interested in good craftsmanship. Perhaps this is the filmmaker's way of showing us how misguided Kel really is. Or maybe it's just a cool visual and that's about as deep as they got. Uh, keep up the great work, guys, and don't lose your heads. Oh, that's interesting. interesting. Mm -hmm. I like that quote. Yeah, that is a good quote. Uh, how about that? I don't know how cool little crosses on your heels are, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm inclined. I think it's pretty cool that you... Uh, are able to make that connection to Huck Finn. That seems cool. And that's a... Uh, a cool part of that story. Uh, I'm not sure if I think that's really part of this character. Uh, I, I'm more inclined just to think it's a visual cue. What do you guys think? I am also more inclined to think it's just a visual cue. But if you search for cross or shoe with crosses in the in the heel, you find a bunch of like stilettos in which the the point is a cross. Ooh. Oh, interesting. Which looks insane like <laughs> only an insane person would wear that yeah i can't count. imagine uh walking around in a stiletto that seems really difficult uh and i think i would break both my ankles very quickly because uh i fall down constantly so that's true that's you actually sneakers. do fall down a lot i do fall so. down a lot so that's just wearing shoes so regular old sneaks so you're not gonna be on project runway anytime soon i don't think so i mean he could be a judge mm. yeah maybe project walkway I don't know if I'm running. Project walkway. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? You know how you park in a driveway, but wait, hold on. I'll leave the show now. Bye. Yeah. Bye. You park in a driveway. And you walk on a runway, guys. What? <laughs> All Jerry right. We got Seinfeld. another email here uh, from our friend David G. Uh, he says, this is uh, this is going to get rough, guys. Uh, uh. Damn it, Kyle. Kirk did die alone. This is in reference to Kyle's comments on Star Trek Generations. I don't think that's accurate, but keep going. I agree with you, Kyle. I'm on board. Kirk does not die alone, and it is uh, a problem. Anyway, uh, he says he died without his crew. He died outside of his enterprise. Yes, Picard was present. Very oh, definition oh, of not alone, on. right? Hang on. <laughs> Yes, the uh, the the other most beloved character in Star Trek history was there with him when he died. Uh, but they had no real relationship. Learn to love Kyle. Learn to know what it means to be alone in a room full of people. Let that heart that's three sizes too small grow. Be like Keith. He's been a warrior, a lover, and a wanderer. That's very nice. All right. <laughs> that is wow. true, actually. <laughs> Whatever giving you enough credit for your your work as i mean we're always touting you as a lover but never as a warrior and a wanderer and that's our fault i got that wandering down yeah it's like <laughs> kane from kung fu mm -hmm. exactly he walks to earth do you guys think there's a difference between wandering and wandering yes right absolutely. there's there's absolutely like a difference like they're the same word but like they mean two very different things right 
a thousand percent. Very good. One, one you wear an ascot, and one you don't. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's I'll die on that hill. Okay. Uh, David continues. He says, "I first saw the Endgame trailer before the X Men movie." And actually, Ooh. I'm really glad he brought that up because that was something I was thinking about. I meant to look up or ask the. Uh, you know, uh, the listeners out there, like, when did this trailer air? Like, uh, mm-hmm. what movies would you have seen to see the Endgame trailer? So X-Men, great. Hugh Jackman's X-Men, all right. That's right. Uh, Directed he- by accused uh, <laughs> pedophile Brian Singer. That's correct. Yes. Um, Alleged. Alleged. Alleged nightmare on set. Um, mm-hmm. He says, I was both Director related- of uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, the That's- Queen movie. Yeah, we love that movie, don't we? Great. <laughs> what about Jack and the Giant? Jack the Giant Slayer, whatever. Uh, so good. No one ever talks about that. That's a Brian Singer movie. How about that? I've never seen that movie. Yep. That and yeah. I never talk about it. Nope. Good. Back now we're just eat. naming Brian Singer movies, huh? Mm, X Men 2, X2, X Men United. X Men United. But right? not X3. That was a Brent Ratner travesty. Mm, another <laughs> sex pest. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Okay, uh, he says, I was both elated and confused, uh, thrilled to see my Highlander, Connor, teamed uh, teamed yet again with Duncan. And then I saw the magic bits, Bruce Payne splitting in two, suspending a sword in midair, Connor and Duncan jumping through a portal, Connor screaming in pain inside a glass ball. Awful, just awful. Glad that didn't make it into the movie. And now he comments on the first part of Endgame. He says, I understand your reservations over the use of... Uh, the use of a crew uh, different than the one of the series. I do wish the movie had used a regular director from the TV show, but I digress. Look, Looking forward to seeing where the show goes and uh, with the remainder of the movie. I mean, you guys did what? Four minutes of it? <laughs> yes, our, our, our uh, I guess did second we, episode. Did we even do four minutes? It's, it's crazy how little of the movie we were able to get into. But actually, fair point. Did our second episode, has our second episode as we are recording this right now, has the second episode we recorded last time aired yet? It has not. So episode okay. three has not come out yet. So as we record now, people have only seen like four minutes of our coverage. Of Correct. This movie. Right. So right. Perfect. All and right. We're buckling awesome. in for hours of talk about this movie. Uh, yeah. Is there a director? David brings up a good point. Uh, Would have been nice to see a TV show director uh, on this film. Uh, is there a director you guys would have liked to have seen? It's hmm. hard to argue with Richard Martin. He'd be great. Yeah. Uh, not that, we got, I, we not got that the, I think the the your comment about the crew piece. I don't know that I think I feel like that is least applicable to the director. Okay, of yeah. Everyone, mm-hmm. uh, of everyone involved in the process, though it's very applicable, I think, to most other people. Yeah, Richard Martin would be a, a good pick. Also, I just think it's like a bummer. Like it feels like I don't know, like this is a great transition into making movies, right? Like transitioning from tv into like using that property and all the skills you developed on it and then just like segueing that into uh, a motion picture uh seems like a great start for any director uh and it's a bummer that they didn't like reward the directors on the series by giving them that yeah here's a weird thing that yeah did you guys know jonathan frakes directed star trek generations he did. Yes. He directed. Did he direct all the generation or the TNG movies? I thought he directed Insurrection. He did First Contact. Or is that what I'm? What am I thinking of? He definitely did, he did First Generations. Contact. I first don't contact. remember about Generations. Sorry. God damn it! Uh, but well, he, he picks up like, like the uh, the uh, the the uh, the mantle from Mr. Uh, Leonard Nimoy, who also directed many of the uh, Star Trek pictures. Star Trek yeah. pictures? What am I talking about? This is the Star 40s, Trek guys. Pictures. Let's go to the pictures. Hey, 
Yeah, I, I do just... love Jonathan Frakes, and he's like Frakes is great. And like I don't know, his character on TNG is so very good, even though it's like probably the most generic of all the characters in it. Like sure. of all the of all the main characters, like he doesn't really have a thing. He's just a dude. Yeah, uh, but it's still wonderful. Yeah, he's great. I just watched, I've been doing a TNG rewatch and I just watched the episode where he gets addicted to like a, a VR game on Rise of 4. Oh and God. It is, the, it is the most insane, uh, but it's also the one where like Wesley and Ashley Judd have like their own episode together. So that's great. Wesley Crusher. That's right. What did I just say? Did I say Wesley, Wesley Judd? Ashley no. Judd, Wesley Crusher. You said something Judd. Sure, Wesley Ashley Judd. Judd. Ashley Judd. Ashley, Ashley Judd? Judd. I can't Ashley. even talk. Ashley. So he directed, to be clear, he directed both Insurrection and First Contact. Yes. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, when, I, when I saw he directed First Contact, I said Generations, I meant First Contact. I was like, what? I, I didn't know. Along with eight episodes of TNG, three episodes of DS9, three episodes of Voyager. I didn't know he had done like six episodes of Discovery as well. Mm. Yeah. Like he stays busy. Yeah, he does a lot of directing. It's good for him. Yeah, yeah, he Freaks. did that episode on the series where the uh, the ship gets like broken up into different pieces, or the crew gets broken up. Like they, the people are stuck on the bridge. There's people stuck in engineering or whatever. Uh, mm. That's a great. Oh, and Picard's in the elevator with the kids. Got a kid. Oh, subplot. that's right. Yeah, they Which love is... sticking him with kids. Anyway, I'm sorry, Highlander. elevator turbo shaft. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, guys. Uh, yeah, we're gonna get more emails. Yep. Fiction. Is it even? Did I just Never call it turbo shaft? You did. That's what turbo you said. lift. Turbo, turbo lift. shaft. Starring guys. Amen. Well, That's we managed to do it. We sex, sex we tape. we got off track, and now we're talking turbo about Star Trek. Shaft. So it worked. Yes. All right, Amen and Kyle. Uh, uh, why don't you give me? <laughs> uh, actually, what, what do we want to play the catalog game first, or do we want to uh, give a recap of what's happened so far in the movie? Let's catalog game, then and then recap. the recap. All right, I love it. I love it. I love it. So what we're going to do, guys, is we're going to play the catalog game. And I'm going to read an item out of the catalog. And Kyle and Eamon are going to do their best to try to guess within 20% what the actual retail price of that item is. Uh, if they guess within that range, they get to give their opinion first and win my respect for the rest of the episode. Are you guys ready to play? Yes. Let's do it. Okay, here we go. Ba-boom. Today, oh. we're going to be talking about the sword watches. And once again, we're reading out of... <laughs> the 1996 catalog, uh, which is a catalog we have not visited too much. Uh, so some of the items are the same. The style of the catalog is very different than other catalogs. Uh, so you guys ready? Yeah. I, oh boy. So for anyone who can't see these watches, these are deeply confusing looking. Oh, really? It's very hard to know. I, I guess the hilts of the sword, There, it's a watch oh. with swords going around the radius, uh -huh. I guess to be the different numbers. Right. But it's very difficult to tell where the it's actually supposed to be marking the number. I see what you're saying, yeah. Like, cause the swords are like curved. So it's very difficult to tell. Also, I think there's only 11 swords. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 10, yes. The, there's only 11 swords. The six o'clock so is just the Highlander logo. Yeah, like you just like the swords actually I think make it harder to tell the time. <laughs> Interesting. You'd be better off with a blank face if you were trying to accurately determine what time it was. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Anyway, 
That's do you, think, little, that's, do you think you could at least guess, Kyle? You think you have a rough idea what time it was if you had this watch? I mean, no or if somebody like stopped you on the street was like, "Hey, what time is it?" And you looked at this watch, you'd be like, "I, I don't know. I'm sorry." <laughs> I had to go. I, I go. Forgive me, for I am a dummy. Oh, uh, okay. But anyway, here we go. All right, sword these sword watches. The McLeod Katana sword points heavenward to herald the start of each new revolution of the earth. The what sword? <laughs> Which sword does it say? The McLeod Katana. That is not a katana. Oh, and you're right. That is not the McLeod Katana if, pointing if, heavenward, is it? If they mean the 12 o'clock, that is definitively not it. They are mistaken. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. <laughs> also, it's I, not, I that, it's not think, pointing heavenward. It's pointing down. You're yeah. right. First off, the sword is pointing down. Second off, I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be the McLeod sword, like the Clan McLeod thing, not a katana. Please Correct. Continue. Okay, very good. <laughs> We're on sentence two. <laughs> Jesus. Um, let's see. Measure your daily journey as the hours display blades of distinction. Okay. Okay. Wow. These blades timeless weapons guard each skillfully crafted quartz watch. The larger watch is framed in chrome with a black leather band. The smaller watch is encased in black stainless steel with a black leather band. Warranty provided. There you go. Hmm. Well, I have a lot of questions about the warranty, but I'll save them. Great. <laughs> uh, I think I have to guess first. Go for it. And as always, we're trying to get as close as we can to the actual retail price. It doesn't matter if we go over, but as long as we are within 20%, we will win. If neither of us are within that, Keith is the winner. That's right. All right. So I'm going to guess that they charge $39.99 for these watches. Okay. Ooh. Interesting. Mr. Anon, what do you I'm think? I'm going to guess $60. $60 for a, a quartz watch, huh? These are yeah, fancy. These fancy are watches. fancy. All right. Fancy quartz. Well, no. actual retail price at the time of the uh, the black one, not the chrome one, was $26.95. Oh, boy. Six. Yeah. All right. The so other think... one was, uh, oh, I don't have, the other one was $29.95. So just oh. a few dollars more for the chrome finish, right? Uh, today, I think you win. I do win. Everybody blew wow. it. Wow. Everybody, Everybody blew, it. blew it. Yep. Sorry, guys. I just was so taken aback by the quality of these watches. These are a steal. <laughs> they, they are, right? <laughs> also, it looks like there's a devil stick behind them in this picture. It does look like there's a devil <laughs> stick. What? I I'm looking at. Coming to oh. a boardwalk performance near you. You can't see. Watches. Uh, looking at the catalog for like the the art direction in this catalog is really something. Like it's a lot of this like just rocks and stuff like a desert sort of like uh, scene. It's just rebar. Like it is. Oh, it's rebar. Yeah, okay. it's just steel like beams. <laughs> hey, we might have some rebar to talk about in the context of this movie, but maybe not this episode. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, so today, this watch uh, would cost you forty four dollars. And 93 cents. The bigger one would be almost $50. Good God. Good, a bargain, good. a bargain at twice the price. That's right. Nope. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Look at that fashionable watch. That's right. It's a rapier o'clock. <laughs> Very good. All right. So uh before we jump into our coverage of Highlander Endgame, let's do a quick recap. Where are we in this movie? Besides like seven minutes into it. So um, Connor has to run a secret errand and then his antique shop explodes with Rachel in it. Yep. And presumably she is dead. 
Yeah. Killed by a man in a bowler hat, we later learn is Jacob Kell through a flashback in which the people of Connor's village burned his mother alive mm-hmm. uh, and then she exploded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and in the process, Connor killed Jacob Kell's father, who was a priest. Right. And that's and it. Connor killed Jacob Kell, and it was revealed, or I guess maybe not yet, that he was an immortal. Right. Yes. So there we go. That those that's what we know. Those are the players on the board thus far. Great. All right, so let's jump back into the movie. We now cut uh to the sanctuary, right? Uh because I guess we had gotten a title card at some point previous to a flashback, right? Uh, yes. And so we get this Connor voiceover and he says my endless days are filled with memories of the past and the death of my mother by Jacob Kell. Uh no one else is mentioned. Uh Also, that's inaccurate. Why, why does why does he attribute the death of his mother to Jacob Kell? I, I don't know. He seemed like the least morally culpable person in that whole scenario. Yeah, yeah the, the I priest mean, seemed more responsible. The goons who came and harassed him and then told him his mother would burn. Jacob <laughs> Kell's father, who actually pronounced like the sentence and burned her alive. Like I don't know why is why does he call out Jacob Kell? Just saying. I mean, I guess perhaps like if him and his father are priests, they maybe led the the sort of suspicions that like, oh, maybe it's a demon, right? Like a demon. You know, they were perhaps rabble rousers uh, or something. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. It's a subtle point, but sure. Um, but he, I I already got a question because I don't know how long it's gonna take us to get through the scene. Maybe hours, but I know I mentioned this a little bit last episode. He's like, my memories are filled with, like, the death of my mother. Like, wait, is he thinking this currently? Like, how is this voiceover happening, right? Is this, like, mm-hmm. a narrator retelling the story, right? Uh, but also, like, isn't the whole point of going to the sanctuary because, like, my life is depressing and sad and I hate living, so put me in a coma where I can still think about all the sad and depressing things? Yeah, like, is he supposed to be in a coma? I'm a little unclear on what state he is being maintained in. Right. He's obviously having, based on this voiceover, he's obviously having thoughts. Yeah. Well, then, like, later when they, like, open their eye masks, they, like, wake up (laughs) right away. Like... I don't know, man. (laughs) It doesn't seem like they're in a coma. I don't know if it's an an immortal thing or or what, but... There's appear to be, like, IVs pumping them with drugs 24-7 or something. Yeah. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i i don't know i don't get it yeah because like as you say keith if you, if your point was to ex- escape your depression being in a literal isolation chamber probably isn't the best way to get undepressed right this is like the opposite of it like you are being trapped with your th- your de- depressing thoughts like this isn't yeah. good yeah. all right yeah. so we get these like these dudes are all dressed up like monks like weird future monks i'm like who are these mm-hmm. bozos right and then we get like some motorcycles revving and it's like and just people show up right like the circus the literal circus has come to town yeah the world's dumbest motorcycle gang shows up they all have these absurd helmets on like their helmets are are nuts these are yeah (laughs) yes like that these are like mad max outfits yes like I hate. <laughs> Kyle, he's just like, ugh. Like, it's, what? He looks like if he looks like if 
the game Minesweeper came alive. <laughs> uh, like, yes. What is this? It's crazy. He is like a chain necklace. This is the character Cracker Bob. Uh, good, Cracker news, Bob. good news about this character. If you're watching the theatrical release, he will never speak. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So, so we have that to look forward to. Oh my God. All right. I'm going to stop sharing this picture. Yikes. It's, but they're all in outfits like this. Right. And ooh. each dumber than the last. <laughs> yeah. And like, this, like, uh, are, are, are they going for like a horseman, four horsemen thing? I think they must be, right? A thousand percent, yes. But it's just like, what, like, what planet is this part of the movie taking place in? Like, the, the monks in the weird, like, sci-fi monk robes yeah like why like, does it have this aesthetic like it doesn't feel connected to reality at all like yeah yeah it's or weird. they're like a clockwork orange sort of gang or something mm -hmm. right like yeah it's really strange uh yeah i mean like and the idea of like having a gang of immortals seems like maybe an okay thing right but like sure, they yeah. also but they they don't like do anything with it like who are these characters like i don't feel like what's cracker bob's deal right did they ever say his name only so in the rough cut, that, I believe. Yeah, and the, much later. Uh, and I think in the theatrical version, uh, I, I want to say you only know the name Carlos, the the fearsome immortal Carlos, <laughs> and you know Jin K, who is the what's the same Donnie Yen right. character. Otherwise, I don't think you know the names of any of these characters in the theatrical cut, at least. Yeah, no, this is this is crazy. Like, there's no interesting dynamics um, uh, amongst the group either. Like, at least like with the four horsemen, right? Like, mm -hmm. there's like you have people like what's his name? Uh, not Silas. Uh, who's the cannibal? Caspian. Caspian. Like he's like the wild card, right? Like he wants to take action. He's like, I got to do violent shit. Like then maybe Mythos is like the more uh like intellectual or cerebral sort of villain right like i don't know all of them like then we got silas who's like the the muscle right of the group like there's some dynamics set up here with these characters that they can all talk to each other and drama will ensue right uh mm -hmm. but that's that doesn't happen here like we don't we don't get to see different points of view or like whatever anyway <laughs> uh so the monk is just like oh like we're, I, I don't know he pulls out a shotgun and shoots this the nuts this is crazy so winston these, is so three guys roll up in motorcycles at this point yeah. only three and out of nowhere like magic style this shotgun just appears and it is kind of amazing it's like the ultimate version of like where do the swords come from this is even crazier because it's like a like hip length shotgun just appears right uh, and then i guess one of these guys is su supposed to be jamaican yeah winston <laughs> winston because he goes take your shot mon yeah and he does but he's like man you people are hard to find and he's like we we like to keep it that way so he's like adr the the watcher sure like, yeah but like we don't get like any like how they find them like <laughs> we don't get any details it's just literally like oh they show up here they are i mean i i'm honestly shocked uh like i don't understand how this isn't like the macguffin that drives the film like where is connor like mm -hmm. that like we got mac who's like i know i gotta find him 
we got Kel who's like, I want revenge and I don't know where, like, how do I take revenge? This is the thing that's been like fueling my like life for 400 years. And I don't know where this guy is to take revenge anymore. I got to find him. Like, so there's a race, like a ticking time clock to get to the sanctuary. Like, it's just shocking that like, they just all just show up here. Like, mm-hmm. this should it's, be it's the thing that's like, it. where do we, how do we move the plot forward? Finding the map to the sanctuary or like talking to Joe and Mythos about what is the sanctuary? Like there's research. There's like, that also, also that way you get to like build in the exposition. Like, yeah, how do we find out where the sanctuary is? Probably through finding out what it is. Like, and then the characters get to like learn about the sanctuary before they get there, and we just see weird like uh, medieval sex toys or whatever uh, this is. I'm so, sorry, what? Like medieval like sex contraptions. I don't know. Whatever they're what are up the to. sex contraptions? I assume it's there's something sexual that happens down there. Oh, okay. I assume. Do you don't you guys don't think so? Oh, sure. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Duncan's involved. That's right. Okay. 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 But okay. like, yeah, he has the shotgun and he shoots Winston like right away. Yeah. And then other monks come out with like machine guns. <laughs> it's crazy. And just blow them away. Mm-hmm. Yes. But then a new challenger approaches. That's right. With an equally dumb helmet. Yeah. <laughs> it has like a big ponytail. Right. So he shows up and is just. I guess he's supposed to be the best is yeah I guess sure. we're supposed to infer from this as he goes around and houses all of these watcher monk guys uh including by like kicking his helm his dumb helmet at one of them right the one thing I want to call out about this is at some point they decide to do like some like they're like some wire foo shit or like pull him on a dolly mm-hmm. or something oh, right yeah and it looks so stupid. Like it looks <laughs> so bad. Like he wants to like retreat back up from something and just like throws his arms out and floats backwards. And it looks insipid. I uh, yeah. I like the I like the part where he uh, flips the shotgun and shoots the guy with it. I guess I like that, but like, it's also crazy. Like he gets this guy in some weird hold and puts like a very short shotgun. The shotgun is maybe this long to the guy's neck <laughs> and then pulls the trigger. And like, he goes, he flies away and there's like a tiny little hole. Like this would have blown the <laughs> dude's head off. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. And this movie is already like far too violent, but uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's so bizarre. Like how all this stuff was conceived of and, and stylistically, like all the wire foo stuff, like, it's it's suddenly just like a different aesthetic to the movie, like having yeah, the, yeah I don't know, uh, and that's not carried through to the rest of the film, which is weird. Nope. Yeah, but nope. I think this has to be Donnie Yen's influence. Oh sure. Something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, is it Donnie Yen's influence or them just being like, well, let's make it look like a Donnie Yen thing? Yeah. I mean, like, is it just them being like, oh, well, we're doing this kung fu sequence, so like, let's import weird kung fu elements. Yeah. Uh, so there's like, there's so much, there's so many problems with this movie. So did you guys like, there's like all this weird, like the, the, the quality of the film or the quality of the daylight changes a lot in this movie. Uh, so there's like a, I, I want to play this very short uh, clip for you um, just because uh, like, I hate it so much. Um, and like, <laughs> like, here we go. All right. So watch how the, like this changes from like day to night. Okay. I'm so sorry, guys. This Let's is do this is where we where we are. Uh, I think it's this one here. 
This is 40. Oh, no, that's not um, it. There it is. Is that it? Oh, All right, here we go. Right, Ready, well, guys? There's the monk outfits we've been talking about. Right. Bullet He's got his shotgun. With, uh, with oddly snug necklines. Yeah. Yeah, these are They're form very fitting. fashionable. They look good, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Keeping it they tight. They look great. They look great. All right, here we go. Donnie Yen is dead. Yeah, at some point he just welcomes death. Oh, Jacob Hell. Oh, now it's nighttime. Oh, right? yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's go back. Like, here, look. So, so this it's, guy. It's like daylight. Where did Jacob Kell come from? Where is <laughs> he's been <laughs> laying on the ground? Yeah, how, was, how long has he been there? He's like, been under he just, a blanket and they put some leaves like over the blanket. Where like, did he get the robe? These people all rolled up in motorcycles like two seconds ago. Where mm. and how did he get there? How long has he been there? <laughs> Jacob Kell was undercover, undercover monk. Yep. That it, it does yeah, actually yeah. seem that way. Like, why yeah. else does he have this out? It would be nice if that was like covered in a in a plot point. <laughs> sure. And then now it's now nighttime. It's nighttime. <laughs> now it's nighttime. Right? <laughs> what? <laughs> then it's daytime. <laughs> now it's nighttime. Wait, and, can we talk about this for a second? Oh, <laughs> uh, we have to talk about the way this guy shoots his gun. Here we go. Yes. Boom, sideways. <laughs> He holds it sideways for one Ex shot. Execution then, style. Yeah, maybe he wouldn't have missed if he had done that. What? Uh, also, is the building on fire? Why is it so bright on the inside? So, uh, yeah, but these weird like vases with like flames in them is weird. Boom. All right, so then Kel does this does like disappearing like it's act. On fire on the inside. Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so then Kel does this disappearing act, right? And I do want to call this out. So like, he shoots at Kel, who's right there. Kel ducks behind the pillar and is now gone. Uh oh, Ooh, interesting. Magic. So is he magical? I, I like, I'm, I'm calling that out now because I think it's relevant later. Weird, right? And then, so I, we got to play this too. So then Kel sneaks up on this guy and cuts his leg off. And again, for everyone listening uh, in the podcast format, remember there is a video version on our Facebook and it's also now on YouTube. Uh, so we Ooh. encourage everybody out there to go check those out uh, so you can see the clips we're playing. Uh, we'll do our best to describe them though. And you can look yes. at our ugly faces. That's right. And so then, Kel is so like, like- Did he hide or did he just lay down? Why does he hit him in the <laughs> ankle? <laughs> like, yeah. What? And also the way he's holding his gun, like <laughs> he looks like he has T-Rex arms. And he's like, <laughs> ah! and he and shoots it up. Yeah, down yeah. goes. Okay, dangerous. so good. Also, like crouching that low with that giant sword and like I mean, cutting. You can't swing it. That doesn't make. Yeah, that it makes like, no sense. Yeah, no. This is great. I love this it. is great. Uh, also, I do want to play. So in the alt cut, there is a different version of this scene uh, that, of course, is more violent. Um, so here we go. Now, when you say the alt cut, which one do you mean? The I'm sorry, the cut? alt cut. Uh, this is the rough cut that is included on the rough DVD. Cut. Highlander. All right, here we Etengame. go. Etengame. So Jin K is dead. Right. Take their heads. Hurry! <laughs> Take their heads. Head hunting can be a dangerous sport. Okay, so we got to stop sport. because in this version, Kel does not just get up off the ground. <laughs> he He's there. Comes. Right. She emerges. Ah! Whoa, from the murky depth. Good gravy. Uh, oh, he'd snap the twig. Endgame. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, shit. 
So for the people at home, main difference here is that it showed that guy's severed leg for some reason. Also, it looks like his leg has already been rotting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it looks it's like not, a zombie leg. Like... <laughs> he has this is crazy. He had, uh, uh, diabetes. <laughs> now that's awesome. But what's that? What did he just do? What was all know. that? What was all the razzmatazz? Oh, like, uh, he what? fucking flipped the sword around, Keith. Duh. <laughs> What? What's oh, that move? Kind of, what? Kind of, yeah, that's so odd. Huh. He just like hits him on the back with the sword. It looks like a lot of, uh, as you say, a lot of razzmatazz. Yeah. Excuse me. He's <laughs> being badass. He is. Okay. But once again, like I don't know the way this movie's edited. Like, why did they take the just the like they didn't have enough time to show Kel come from around the corner. Again, no. as a byproduct of that, we're like, what the fuck is happening? How does a character just like appear off the ground? Like, you know, there's a problem with whatever you're watching when like you can't figure out where you are in space and like how yeah. things are moving around. Like, because even when you're not analyzing it the way we are, like, it, it's just confusing. Like, <laughs> yes. It's yep. just jarring. Like, even if you don't go beat by beat through it, you're just like, huh? My favorite character in this movie is the sideways gun monk. That's I mean, a lot of so characters crazy. are there. He's like, Gugush. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, this building looks like it's all blown out, right? Like, the, yep. the, like yeah. it doesn't even look like there's an inside. Like, this is a hollow, empty place. So I, I don't understand, like, I don't know. I mean, I guess it looks like a cool location, but, like. Oh, it, it, very cool. Very cool, right? I want to go to Romania and find this place. All right. Well, we can. I, I do. I do kind of like the part where Donnie Yen kicks his dun, dumb helmet. Do we not like that part? Or what oh, I. I like it in a vacuum. Yeah. I think it's my thing. Like it's an okay visual. Yeah. Also, Donnie Yen, like he's obviously has a lot of chops. Like, and I think that this movie shows it well enough. Um, sure. Yeah. Did you notice like, one part of the helmet, like? falls off <laughs> like when he <laughs> like a piece of it like <laughs> it just flies it off comes apart yeah wow prop. yeah yeah and yeah, the, so when you kick these plastic helmet yeah <laughs> and just these costumes are terrible like they're awful they're really bad why make them look like why why not just put monk robes on them why does it have to be this like future monk looking like i just don't understand the decisions made in this film uh wow Okay, so Kel at this point, who like, is this supposed to show how powerful Kel is that like all the goons get taken out and then just Kel rolls up. He's like, I got it. All you guys get up now. Yeah, uh, I guess. Does he maybe. really need them? I don't, I don't know. I, I Doesn't that. seem like uh, it. That is a persistent note in my thing in my <laughs> notes is goons are pointless. <laughs> yes, they are. They are pointless. All right. So now we actually get to like cut inside the sanctuary, right? Which is just like a dirty room. <laughs> a dirty yes. room. A dirty giant room. It's yeah. enormous. It is so big. This it's place a is a salt mine, apparently. Right. Uh I think it looks pretty cool, although I don't I don't like understand. There's like there's like no establishing shots. Like we are just like we're outside a mansion and then it just mm -hmm. cuts in just inside like a cavern. And it's like, yeah. whoa, like, where is this? Like, do we go underground? Like, I just, I feel like there, this movie just doesn't do enough to set up like the space we're in. And like, also like, I want to be on a journey 
you know, in the movie. Like, take me into the the labyrinth that holds Connor McCloud. Like, here's our hero mm-hmm. finally. He's trapped away, buried under the earth. Like, I want to be part of like finding him. And the movie doesn't let us do that. It's just like, here we are in this big, ugly room with no establishing shots. Like, I don't feel like this like looks particularly grand either the way they shoot it. Like there's not a lot of shots in the in the sanctuary. No. Like it doesn't feel like this big majestic place, mm-hmm. uh, which would be pretty cool, right? Like, I don't know. I'm surprised this isn't like milked for more. Yeah. Also, there are only like six immortals in the sanctuary. I didn't count them, but like six or eight, like right. there's not that many. And I'm like, this is just not impressive. There's this, like, <laughs> see, I honestly, I was confused why there's more than one. Yeah, that makes sense. Why I mean, I get there that really... there's more than one, but there doesn't need to be more, more than one, right? Sure. Right. That's the thing. It's like you really actually only need one here. So it was. I thought it was an odd decision that they decided that there was six, but fair enough. Right. But they just didn't like use like they're just in a circle, like in this big empty like the space is kind of cool and i'm just like it's just weird it is weird it's so strange yeah like uh, also like this doesn't seem like it has the infrastructure to maintain like a, a constant regimen of drugging these people or whatever right it is. well like, that's that's my other question about how this all works like they show these people and like everybody has like long hair their nails are all grown out and i'm like what are you doing here like these guys run like a shitty old folks home yeah. where they like uh neglect their their the people that are under their care like mm-hmm. nobody's there that's to like clip true. their nails like also, yeah. why are they trapped to metal like gurneys? Like all of this could be accomplished in a bed. Like I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> like why are they hooked up to these weird devices? Where yeah, does their there's like a tube sinister. that goes into their head? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where does their doo doo go? One of the monks' job is to clean out <laughs> the mining suit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they have these weird like X Men costumes. Right. Yes. Um, now, did you guys check out the, there's in the alt cut, or I keep saying the alt cut, the, the rough cut, the there rough is an cut. extended scene mm-hmm. here, and we get to meet With a, a, to- a guard, or like a... <laughs> yeah, I think we should play this, because again, yeah. like most people, uh, if you don't have the DVD, won't be able to see yeah. this. Um, and, you know, since we're all watching stuff uh, via streaming now, uh, it's a little harder to see some of these, like, alternate takes and stuff. So let's watch mm-hmm. this little clip. Uh, there is some more details here, which I guess is good, question mark? Uh, here we go. And come so this <laughs> is where you have chosen to evade your destiny. Who is he talking to? They have made of you. <laughs> hey, what? it's the, the guy from the Princess Bride, the, the, the evil monk guy. <laughs> like, this looks like Highlander 2 right now. Yeah. Like, the aesthetic of all of this is Highlander 2. Cool. Oh, he's asleep. Which one is Connor McLeod? What? <laughs> and this guy's like in a leather number. <laughs> but now it's different. Would you? No, I You're right, don't. it's different now. I don't know. <laughs> what, he's Gimpy? I don't care. So they've like... Here, so, yeah, t- tell us, Eamon. What have they they've, done? Tell us they've, what they've done. They've edited this this little man out of the movie. 
completely, but they keep some of Kel's dialogue. Much of it. Like, yes. yeah. he gives this whole evil speech. But he's just, like, talking to himself. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's pointless. Yeah. Like, it makes no sense the way the it works in the producer's or theatrical cut, because he's speaking mm -hmm. to no one, even though mm -hmm. the dialogue assumes a listener. Mm -hmm. Right. And then it's like, oh, wait, this actually made sense in one version. <laughs> like, sort of. It doesn't even yeah. really make sense here. Yeah. But it makes it makes sense in at least in that there's a listener. Yeah. And this poor slovenly <laughs> night watchman or whatever who is asleep. Uh, and then, like, where do the, then the rest of the goons show up? But where do they emerge from? They seem to come from somewhere different than where yeah. Kel came from. Yeah. Like, Are Kel we... descended from above, and they seem to, like, come up from the basement. Like, the back right. entrance. Yeah. Keith, can you, can you go back for a minute to where they had the, uh, the chairs from behind? Sure. These guys? Like, they're yeah. hooked. These look like electrical uh, conductors or something. But go, yeah. go up a little, go back a little more. So you see that box there? This box? Box uh, to under the chair. This. That's there probably where the doo-doo is. <laughs> you think that's what that whole machine is <laughs> Okay. Right? So we're thinking that it has like there's a... like a there's a tube set up to the butthole. Uh -huh. Okay. And the doo-doo. Okay. Comes from there. Very and good. they just empty the cabinet every once in a yeah, while. Yeah, and then they just pull that out and they, they dump it out somewhere. Very it's not good. glamorous being a watcher. No, no it isn't. Uh, and again, we can we can call out this. Like, do we think this guy's costume is different in these two shots? No, oh, no I guess it's he's wearing same. like a he's wearing a like a leather a weird leather coat. Yeah, yeah. I like, like this guy though. This guy's my second favorite character. Like, what is up with this radio? Like, yeah. once again, this feels like Highlander two production aesthetic, right? Like, yeah. yeah, this bizarre like we're in the past, but it's the future. Everything's like dark and grimy, like. All right, let's it's watch like the rest Batman, of this. Batman, the animated series. That's Ooh, right. Just uh, like that. Let's watch Burn the rest of the scene. <laughs> I don't really care about these pathetic souls you walk away as a barrier to the prize. Emperor Palpatine? <laughs> <laughs> what Good is he job. wearing a tie did he come yes. up come with a tie he did come all right i'm gonna pause tie. real quick he's oh, dressed for success baby but like what you guys mentioned before you can see in the end of this clip cal had come down some stairs i'm pointing with my mouse that were all off to the side here are the goons that are showing up and they've come down this giant corridor why not go there <laughs> I, I don't understand yeah. like uh yay yay it uh, it doesn't uh, none of it makes sense none of and it. he's um, just kel's just blathering and nobody like i had no idea what the fuck he was talking about no, <laughs> no. it's uh like i guess the only bit of thing only thing we find out here from this dialogue is what that he is here looking for connor right yes so that's like the new information like we don't know why he's breaking in ah now we do it's to find connor mcleod which one's him okay but also like i don't know why he needs to really even ask this question like 
just start. He, he doesn't need to know the answer. He kills everybody. Spoiler alert. And like, well, I think also, you can just avoid, flip up all their little visors. Yeah, he's trying to. I guess we're, when we come to find out, he's trying to avoid killing Connor. Right. Uh, he doesn't actually right. want to kill him, but he wants to kill all the other ones. Which, spoiler alert, he does. He just proceeds to go like whip their Cyclops helmets off and then decapitate <laughs> them all. Right. That's uh, nice. So there's like a quickening here, right? We get some mm -hmm. lightning, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and, I, and I suppose at some point, we mentioned this before, but a difference between the versions is that at some point there's a reference to this being holy ground in, I think, the theatrical cut. But Correct. in the producer's cut, they edit that line out so mm -hmm. that I guess you're not supposed to think this is holy ground, even though it sure looks like holy ground, right? Maybe in all the... Yeah, all the fucking um, <laughs> chairs have crosses on them. <laughs> yes. Right. So, like, I I don't think that that edit is successful in making you think that this is not holy ground. But it it only makes sense in terms of the story if it's holy ground. Why would you have? A, we talked about this before, but why would you have a sanctuary not on holy ground? Yes. Sole purpose was to protect immortals. Yeah. It makes no sense. I mean, it's literally like, called the sanctuary. I mean, come yeah. on, like it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I read online, and I don't know that if this is true, is that they changed that holy ground line because like fans got mad online or something. They did, yeah. Fans freaked out about this. They're yeah. like, "What are you doing? Like, why are you changing mythology?" And they were like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm very sorry." Like, what? Don't. Well, it's like Highlander Two, where they take out all the Zeist shit, which yeah. you know, I don't know. Very strange. Yeah. Um. So I, I kind of like, the thing I like about this quickening mm -hmm. is it like bursts the pipes. There's these like these tubes that are connected to these like dumb machines uh, and they come like shooting off. And mm -hmm. there's like, I like the sound design. It almost sounds like the, the whooshing air coming out of it almost feels like screams, uh, mm -hmm. which I kind of dig. Yeah. And to me, it also felt like very old school, like Highlander one quickening mm -hmm. where like the, the cars are kind of going off or something like it, it feels less like electric and more, I don't know, it's different. Yeah, it's good. So that's okay, I guess, Shrug. But also, what's a quickening? Anyone watching this movie? I don't know. Like, what happens here? Like, if you didn't know what was going on, like, again, the, the question that looms over much of this movie is, who is this movie for? And I'm just like, huh? Like, well, they don't tell us what's what's going on. What, what Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, which no. I guess is true in the original Highlander, because we see a quickening before we learn what one is. That's and true. Then there will be some exposition on this point, very clumsily done in about 20 minutes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, I don't really have a problem with it in Highlander 1 because, like, that's our, like, call to, like, learn about this. It's like, we're giving you a bunch of stuff and it's going to be, like, captivating or interesting. And now we're going to explain it all. Like, that's the thrust of the movie. I mean, uh, right. Half of Highlander One is explaining what immortality and the game is. Uh, that's not what this is. So, I think when he cuts that tube that um, hisses, that's the fart tube that holds the immortals' farts. Oh, oh, okay, that makes sense. Interesting. So that's what's hissing out. Right. <clears throat> also, I do want to make clear just because, like, if this is the first time we're seeing this movie, uh, I don't know if we've been explicit. Like, who are these monks? We do not know who they are. Nope. Like, we no, just know there's monks, right? Correct. Very good. Okay. Uh, so, the quickening can be seen outside of this building. And then we get a hard cut to Damn. Duncan McLeod. London, doing, baby. 
Tai Chi or something? Yeah. <laughs> uh, can we, I, I want to watch it, I suppose, because there's a lot of sounds that happen that I love. Um, that I love. That I love. Uh, so, so what, Eamon, tell us what's happening in this scene. Duncan's in a park. So Duncan is in some weird, like, circular park uh-huh. i guess i shouldn't call it weird but and he's doing yeah his, it's a circle his, weird uh, circles he's doing a kata a and kata. it's getting intercut with this uh these quickening that's yeah there he is that's there he kind is. of a cool robe yeah a lot of robes in this movie Dude. <laughs> oh ah the mac is like getting vision now and it's funny that somebody referred to kel as palpatine earlier mm-hmm. because this was the first of many times i wrote my notes just say is this return of the jedi yeah um because this movie does really transform immortals into jedi in some way mm-hmm. uh in a way that's exceedingly dumb yes i am afraid of friends I'm afraid the shield would be quite operational when your friends arrive. Strike me down. Strike me down. So there's a lot of groaning going on here. I don't know how I feel about all the groaning. I do like Adrian's like katas and all that stuff. Like, I think that's a cool part of Duncan McLeod, right? Like, I think that's something that sets him apart from other characters, right? But like, uh, I Go like on. this sequence, but it just doesn't make sense. Like, why is he getting visions of all this? Well, it's not like, just, yeah, it's not cut together for visual purposes. Like, that's not, this isn't like just a creative decision to show these things at the same time. We come yeah. to find out that he is having this vision. Like, right. he is actually seeing this for yeah. some reason. Never explained. No. So do we think, is this just the movie's shorthand to just be like, we need to find out some way for Duncan to know what happened. And so we just make him see it and now he can go. Like, because they didn't know how to like get the information to him. Like what characters can relay this information, which seems obvious. It's like Mythos or Joe that says like this thing happened. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, Do we mind that he has like a a sixth sense about these things? I personally don't. Oh, you do mind. I don't. Very much. Okay, Uh, talk to me. Well, also, because, and maybe there's a version of it that's okay. The way this is done here is exceedingly dumb, in my mind. Okay. Like the, the way this ends up playing out, I don't know how far ahead I want to go. We want to jump. But at some point, he goes to speak to Mitho, uh about this. And he says, have you ever had dreams? Dreams so powerful that they could break your meditation. <laughs> and I was like, this has to be one of the dumbest lines ever uttered. <laughs> also, I don't know much about Mythos other than that he's not a man who meditates. Right? Yeah. No, so, like, like this doesn't make any sense. So like, odd. Like all of that is bizarre to me. Um, okay, you know, see, frank- I- oh sorry, good. And And frankly, this can be so much simpler I think all he needs to see, he all I think all that needs to happen is he needs to see something that reminds him of Connor, just in any way. Like he needs to be like see something that reminds him of the antique store, or see something that reminds him of any of the touchstones we have between these two characters, and then he can be like, "I should go find him." 
<laughs> really? Like, you know what I mean? Like, he just, it's not weird that he wants to find Connor. If no. Connor's been gone for years, like, there's nothing strange about him just kind of looking for that character. I guess so, but, but I, I would disagree that I think there does need to be some sort of like more pressing impetus. Like like you said, why doesn't he just see like an antique store and think like, I should or, really find Connor. It's like, I guess then I would wonder, wait, why why does he, has he not cared for 10 years? And all of a sudden it's like, you know what? I better do some more looking. Uh, yeah. I get or, the, or, the impetus if he's like, maybe Connor's in danger, so I should really look for him. Like, better yet, you know what the most obvious version of it is? I don't know. One of these goons comes and asks him. Right. Like, probably not Where's Jacob Kell. Oh, yeah. right. Send, send one of these dipshit goons to see if Duncan knows who Connor is. And of course, Duncan's Duncan. He can come out okay and be like, wait a minute. Someone right. someone bad is looking for Connor. I should find him first. That's that's Ooh. a good way to tie all this stuff together, right? Yeah, that is good. Set in motion, right? Yeah. But like... The search for Connor. I, I honestly don't mine terribly the like sixth sense thing like i'm okay like because of like the buzz they're all drawn to a space like i think it's okay that they would uh be like oh i can kind of feel when like my kinsman especially has been like cut down or is in trouble like I i'm okay i don't think that's like too nuts though uh i can forgive it interesting i do like the idea kyle of a, a goon coming to confront duncan though yeah well you've got yeah. these goons and you do nothing with them in the context of the movie so right. You know. All right. So let's talk about the next scene. So after Mac has this vision, uh, we now cut back to the sanctuary. There's like blood all over the place. I actually thought it was hard to see what's going on. It's like a really far away shot. I'm like, who are these people? What are they doing? Uh, and some dude's like, what do we do now? And this smarmy other guy's like, well, we always do. We're watchers, not cops. Like, and it's like, oh, these are watchers. Although for me, I'm still trying to like put myself in the position of like seeing this for the first first time. I'm still like the monks aren't watchers. These these guys investigating it are watchers, but not the monks. That like, is I, an inference you could draw. Right. Yeah, that that makes uh, that was not my assumption, but as you say it, that in a lot of ways makes more sense. Yeah. I mean, I have no right. reason to think they're the same. They don't dress the same. We don't know anything about this world. And all of a sudden, like, mm -hmm. we're introduced to the Watchers, which we know from the show. They've never had anything like a sanctuary. Like, I don't know. There's just no, there's not enough clues here to make me uh, put all this together. Yeah. I mean, eventually they tie it up and make it clear. But, and we didn't see any, like, Watcher tattoos on these monk dudes, right? No, I don't think okay. so. Okay, I didn't think so. Yeah. No, like, they could have put some symbol on their, who, who gives a shit? Like, but there's no way for us to anything. tell what this is uh yeah. and then the guy's like well what do we do we got to find another volunteer and i'm like volunteer for what like i keep having questions every scene i'm like what is going on i don't know yeah also by the time we hit the kata by the way that's 20 minutes into this film and i wrote at the end of this i have no idea what's happening <laughs> 20 minutes into a movie we are only 20 minutes into this movie <laughs> Yeah. Strike me down. Also, what's crazy, this scene in that where the watchers are investigating this is not in the rough cut. This is skipped. Yeah. But this really add a lot to my experience. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. And it's also only two seconds long, but no, it doesn't. No, this scene tells you one that those those particular characters are watchers, whatever that means, and we know they need a volunteer. I think mm -hmm. that's the only information we can garner from this scene. So yeah. Can we get that in any other way in the movie? Probably would be a better way to do it, but nope, this is the best. This is the best way. This was the best way. Okay, so now we cut back outside. We're uh, in this on the city streets of London, and Mac is walking around. Jolly and, good. And a phone rings. Uh, now, 
I, I got a, I got a question. Like, I, I was just like confused. Like, I was like, where are they at first? Like, I wasn't a hundred percent sure, but I think we do see like a, the London skylines in the background, right? I think. Mm, I don't or remember. No. Maybe, Maybe not because when Mac picks up the phone, did you guys catch what's in the background? Like some sort of cafe that has just French flags flying. Mm -hmm. I assumed he was in Paris. But... I don't think it's supposed to be Paris. That's like, again, I was like, I don't know where we are. Like, I think it's supposed to be in England because I know that's also where they filmed. But then I'm seeing like French flags at perhaps a cafe. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we I know, know Duncan, both in this movie and from the show, we know that Duncan lives in Paris. Right. So I think we're supposed to think they're in Paris. And if like the skyline doesn't match. Very good. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So this phone rings. Mac answers it. What what's what what happens? Who's on the other line? Ooh, we don't know. We don't know. It's Some just a woman. blurry reflection, right? More Whatever mystery. More mystery. About Connor McLeod. Fear the worst. And I don't think this is in the theatrical cut. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think this is cut from it. Uh, Who is this? I, and and again, what is the point of this? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it also, tells Mac that uh, Connor's in danger, which we already had a scene that told us that, yeah. right? Wait, yeah. so it's like, so could this be the thing that gets him to look for Connor? Because, you know, not him having a fever dream while doing his kitty cat hand kata. Yeah, right? yeah you're, you're right. Yeah, like, it's just so redundant, right? Uh, and just like, I don't know, just like Occam's razor, razor this thing. Like, if you have a practical way, like a, a non-magical way of informing him of something. Mm hmm like maybe just use that <laughs> yeah also i mean i guess at this point the the movie is telling uh, telling the audience connor is dead right i mean we see that mm -hmm. kel goes down to the the sanctuary he seemingly murders everyone and then this woman says whatever you worry worried about connor with it's the worst which i guess would be dead right yes i'd think right so i think us and duncan are supposed to believe connor's currently dead also did anyone notice like I was very curious about where is everybody, right? So Mac is using like uh, a clearly European style payphone. Uh, mm. The woman calling him is calling him from an American payphone. I don't know if anyone caught that. It's not, I, I want to say it's a subtle difference, but I was like, mm. she's not wherever he is. Uh, so I don't know how she knew to call that phone booth because right after this, then we see that smarmy watcher dude from the previous scene, uh, like at this cafe. And he's like, he's on the move. And so again, I'm thinking that this woman who called him is related to the watcher, correct? That you would, would be think. one interpretation. Yeah, now you guys know why I have 60 pages of notes already on this yeah. movie. Because I'm like, <laughs> how does this character know where this character, right? This is crazy. Uh, it's so, crazy. Yeah, also this is, uh, like you said, Kyle, uh, that other scene with the watchers taking pictures is not. So this is the very first time we would have seen a watcher in this movie. So, and also like, we don't know who the watchers are or what they do. Uh, so we're just thrown this, right? We're just along for the ride, baby. Yep. Hmm. 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 Uh, so let me see here. I've got some questions written down. Uh, here's, here's question one. So at the end of every scene, I tried to write some questions. Uh, so hopefully I'll read these <laughs> and it'll be okay. Number one. Where is the sanctuary and where does this all take place? Uh, like, so I'm like, the Watcher dude was in the sanctuary in the last scene and now he's in this cafe. 
So I assume this the sanctuary we come to find out at some point, isn't it like in Connecticut? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. So that, uh, yeah. Right. So I'm, I'm very wishy-washy on where all this is. Uh, so I said, I assume this scene with Mac uh, takes place pretty much right after his kata. Cause he's looking for answers. So how did this guy get so close to Mac? Why is he watching Mac? Is this his normal assignment? Isn't this guy insane? Like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm just kind of wondering. Right. Uh, but I really am cu- curious about the locations of all this stuff. Uh, and then, yeah, I guess we, what do we learn about, uh, anything from this scene? I guess that fear the worst about Connor and which we already do. And that's it. Right. That's yeah. it. So we, we know nothing. We're introduced to two new characters in the scene, the watcher in the theatrical cut and whoever this mysterious woman is on the phone. Yikes. He's a friend. Yeah. And do we, do we find out who the woman is? I mean, I guess later it's Kate. It's Kate, but why is Kate telling him? I don't know. Great. Oh, that's a good question. Why is she doing this? It's a yeah. trap. It's a trap. Okay. Like, because they okay. want. Uh, they that makes sense because lure... they want to lure Mac out because in order for them to exact revenge against Connor, they need to hurt people Connor cares about. So right. Duncan's their target. But that's yeah. not like, it's not spelled out in the movie. No, it's like. This is rough. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. So now uh, the next scene. Um, and so Max going up these stairs at some large home. And who does he meet? Mythos. Pink, pink sweater mythos. That's right. Fully buttoned up. Look at this. We might actually be able to talk about two whole scenes of this movie. I love it. Yeah. I love it. All right. So Mac comes and visits mythos. And who is mythos? Well, he's like, we we Mac does reveal the exposition that he's like five thousand years old, right? Which is right. good. I'm glad they like give us some bit of dialogue to tell us like who this person is, right? Like why should we care that Mac is talking to this guy? Yeah, right. So he's like, "Do you ever have nightmares?" <laughs> yes, this is the the line I called out earlier. Yeah, nightmares like, so bad it's powerful enough to break your meditation. Jedi. I, I, I had a question about it. Uh, you know, when you're meditating, you're not asleep, right? So like, yeah. you don't have a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, like, you have like a vision. Yeah, having a vi- like I, I once. It's just like it's the stupidest a fucking shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's all mixed. This is all mixed up. <laughs> it's all. Yeah. Yeah. So and of course, as you pointed out, Kyle, that Mythos does not seem like the meditate. Like this question doesn't even make sense, right? Like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Mythos, the closest thing he has to meditation is probably like a hangover. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, just passing out in your bed. Uh, also, yeah. I mean, there are so many like just low shots in this uh, in this movie. I don't know if we want to watch this clip as well of them talking. Do it. Uh, because yeah, this is when Mythos explains the sanctuary. Uh, so so let's watch this uh, and talk about it. So. Sanctuary. <laughs> That's right. Boom. I need to know if you're still alive, Mythos. You know a little about Buddhist monks. You know a little bit about cherish life so much that to step on a single insect or harm a blade of grass becomes a violation of their creed. So they place themselves in an extreme form of protective custody. A sanctuary of sorts. Sanctuary. Well, for an immortal who comes to abhor the bloodshed, there's a similar solution. A ball. <laughs> a way to be removed from the game forever. The price mm-hmm. is unimaginably high, but you are, for all practical purposes, protected from the violence within you. And it's called the sanctuary. 
Kyra would never do that. Are you sure? It's been around since before you were born. At least until last night. What happened last night? It was annihilated. What? My brain is annihilated. Okay, so. so <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Lots of lots of thoughts on that. There's a lot. Who wants to start? Uh, I'll like, start. Fuck yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, all right. Oh, so it's a, out, he, he it, drops the line. This thing's been around since before you were born. Where is the goddamn sanctuary? If it's in America, before Mac was born, it's like, why it could it could move? Oh, okay, it could move, or, or there could be multiple like <laughs> it, it could change over time. Okay, I can, okay, I can accept that. I agree that it couldn't really be like a new world location in like fifteen nineties, but sure. Uh, so that's kind of point one. This is where in the theatrical cut, which you can see on, which is the version on like HBO right now, Mythos does explicitly say it's on holy ground here. Yes, and that's the edit that was made. But, so did he know Connor was there the whole time and just hasn't told Duncan? Exactly, right? Like, has Mythos had this information for a decade and just kept it under his hat? Yep. That's what it seems like. I guess like. so. And yeah. also decided not to call Mac. Like, he's like, by the way, yesterday, uh, the entire place was annihilated. Your your kinsman was probably murdered uh, in his sleep. And uh, I just, I wasn't going to tell you, but I'm glad you stopped by. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> Thanks. Also... What is Mythos's role in the Watchers yes. at this point? I thought he had quit or the, was like on the run or like right. Yes, I think so. Like I, I think we're supposed to think that he is no longer a Watcher. So how and why does he have this information? I don't like, know. Maybe he got this information when he was a Watcher, but like, how does he come to find out about it being annihilated? Like all this stuff mm -hmm. is very puzzling to me, and it's not like they establish why he would know this to begin with in this yeah. movie. but like i don't know whatever it's a mcguffin yeah the, the, this guy just knows they come talk to him but it's inconsistent with the mythology of the show <laughs> yeah. uh, which is so strange i hate when they just introduce like like concepts into like properties like this that are like earth shattering like right or it's like in 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 um, Rise of Skywalker when Poe Dameron's just like somehow Palpatine has returned and it's like <laughs> what this sanctuary rise. yeah this sanctuary thing's always been here I don't know what you're talking about like yep. and then also just the, <laughs> you're the just description <laughs> the description Mythos gives of why Connor is there seems wrong, right? The description, In a way. The, the description, it, 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 Con on. The Connor gives this description. He seems to imply that these people are volunteers who are there to escape like the violence they may perpetrate right. in their own lives. And that is why they are there with this whole Buddhist monk analogy. That does, is that why Connor is there? Like, he seems to think he's there because everyone, like, the, the rest of the movie seems to want us to think that he's there to escape because everyone he gets close to dies. Right. But isn't that kind of true of our, all immortals? That, like, he's just no. sad. And, like, right. he doesn't want to get close to other people who will one day die. But that's mm. not the same as, like, escaping the violence within himself. Like, it doesn't sound like right. he's 
flinching from the fact that like he's had to kill other immortals or something. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think they're related though. Like certainly him having a violent life brings violence to others. Uh, however, like I do perhaps disagree with you saying that like, oh, he's doing this because of like the sadness. I think in this movie, it's posited that Connor McLeod literally believes he's cursed. And I, a curse, okay. like yeah. like that a curse follows him. And the only way to like prevent the curse from hurting other people is to, you know, uh, hide away. And of course, I guess the curse is true because all those people he hid out with all got murdered. So yes, yeah. it didn't work. Who's just been chasing him this whole right. time. Yeah. So I don't know if it's as much about the sadness, although that gets conflated later, I think, when we talk about, like, it would seem that Connor's, like, a real tragic hero in this. Like, he's given up, I think. Right. Uh, Yeah, he is a beaten man when this movie begins. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, (laughs) uh, Also, I will make mention... Yeah, go ahead, Damon. Mythos is like, Rachel was the impetus for him to to do this. Like, Rachel blowing up. Connor, like, also he knows Connor. Like, Col- Connor told me how much Rachel meant to him. It's like, what? Yeah, what? Why like, they he... know each other, yeah. making it even more egregious that he does not <laughs> tell Mac. Yeah, right. Well, why? Why is Mythos or why is Connor confiding in Mythos and not Duncan? Yeah, right. He tells him nothing. What, what sense does this make? <laughs> also, like, just the concept that Connor knows about Mythos at all is nuts. Yeah, yeah. Because I thought the whole point is that it's like a jealously guarded secret that this guy is, is the oldest immortal yeah. it's like right right ah, uh, makes no sense to your point kyle about isn't he like the oldest like immortal all this sort of stuff like I, again putting myself in the shoes of someone that is like coming into this fresh or someone that's like a fan of highlander one let's say but maybe not the series suddenly Duncan goes to this dude who's like i'm fucking five thousand years old bro i feel like i'd be like as a 13 year old boy be like on the edge of my seat being like, holy shit, like, this is cool. Like, who's this new guy? Oh, he's like hardly in the movie at all. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. And his age is irrelevant. Like, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? Like this, this character doesn't need to be mythos at all. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's this like very cool thing they've introduced uh, to the viewers and then just drop. Um, <laughs> also, Again, this is an insane to... thing. Hold on. One more thing. One, One more thing. thing. I'm so sorry, everybody. Uh, I, no joke, believe this is the first time we find out Duncan's last name, which is like, he's like Duncan McLeod. And again, not knowing anything about the movie, you would be like, oh, he's related to Connor. Interesting. Like 25 (laughs) minutes into the movie, we find out that these two people are related. Like, I know it seems stupid and it's a very easy thing to take for, I, I bet it's an easy thing to take for granted. Like, well, of course they're related. But like, watch, I, I urge all our fans to go watch any movie where you think like familiar relationships or whatever from past things are probably like known to everybody. I guarantee you those good scripts make mention of it to really orient the audience to what's going on. And this doesn't, uh, so. So I guess we knew that they were friends, but well, depending on what cut you watch. Right. In, if you're watching the theatrical cut, you actually just met Duncan McLeod for the first time, and then you immediately find out he's related to Connor. Oh, I guess so, right. So in the theatrical cut, that issue does not exist. Because within a minute or two of seeing Duncan McLeod for the first time, you see this scene. Right, right. Uh, in the other version, I guess you see the two of those characters, like, buddying around for a minute before, you know, without explicitly hearing the names. Right. 
I, I know it's a small point to bring up, but yeah. it's like th this movie is just full of so many weird inconsistencies and it's just like, it's so hard to find your footing, uh, yeah. you know, so, uh, to understand any of this stuff. So I, in keeping with our tradition of trying to think like, what would you be thinking seeing this for the first time? Now that we've watched this movie like four times each, I'm sure. Sure. Uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The note I had here was, oh, I would be excited here because I would think this was going to be like a posse movie. Oh, that like, right. Like Kel has a posse. Mac is going to like accumulate his own posse. And That'd then there's awesome. going to be a big fight at the end with Connor and Mac and Mythos and whatever other people they might put mm -hmm. on the good side of the scale. And that's why these other goons are there is to give Mythos something to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that's or just the, oh, sorry, good. But of course that's not, spoiler, that is not what happened in this movie, but that sure. is something I might've been excited about watching this for the first time. Yeah, just, I had that in my notes uh, in a similar way later. Like I was like, oh, like I don't understand how the, the, the final showdown at the end isn't like Connor versus Kel and maybe Duncan versus Jin K. Like, especially mm. with the martial arts aspect, it's like, oh, it seems like Duncan's the guy that would take on Jin K. Like, those guys are paired. And mm -hmm. uh, the same way, also, like, Connor and Kel, like, that's the story, man, not Duncan and Kel. Like, they don't yeah, well, have a history they have the together. emotional connection. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah. I very much like your idea, Kyle, that this should be a posse movie, right? That's, I mean, that's what it felt like it was driving towards. Yeah. But, but no, no, not nope. at all. <laughs> um, Awesome. Uh, so that, I guess, brings us to the end of this episode's coverage. Uh, how many scenes did we get through this this time, guys? I guess two, unless you count the cop scenes. There are like a bunch of little things that I don't think you would count as a full scene. Right. Let's say but we, we saw the sanctuary scene, way. and now we saw the Duncan, I guess, get some info, right? Some exposition yeah. has been given here. Okay. Get some mythos. Get some mythos. Mm -hmm. Very good. Uh, <laughs> well, before we go on, uh, I think it's time to play a game. Hey. Okay, game guys, time. that's right. It is game time. Um, so, <laughs> um, all right, here we go. So for the game uh, this week, we're going to be playing a very special edition of True or False Highlander. Uh, Ooh, okay. I know this is going to be tricky. So I did some uh, some cool edits, and I'm going to play a clip, and you guys uh, just have to let me know if you think this is true or false. Uh, Kyle, you are up first. I'm, I'm playing clips. You're playing clips. I am I'm playing clips. Interesting. Absolutely. I'm, yeah, I'm fascinated so, by this. I can't I, you should you should be fascinated. I think it's going to be fascinating. Uh, so right, here's the first me. clip. You can tell us if this is true or false. Every name reason. name three other Christopher Lambert bear movies that aren't Highlander. I mean, sorry, other means I can't name whatever Eamon named. That's correct. Okay. Uh, Mortal Kombat, Annihilation, Hail Caesar, um, Graystone. Yes. Although, is Lambert in Annihilation? Yes. Okay, Kyle, can I, you answered that very confidently. He sacrifices his immortality to fight with the heroes of Earthrealm. Oh, good. So. All right, that's, first, that's the first clip. Is that true or false? I mean, the fact that you just played it back to me makes me think it's false, but I'm going to say you think true. It's you no, think I mean, it's I'm, still I'm true? Stick to, I'm going to stick to my guns and say it's true. I've, okay. no, I've received no new intel that makes me think it's false. Okay, uh, Eamon, would you like to perhaps steal a point from Kyle and steal think is that true or false? I think it's false. Oh, you think it's false? Eamon, you have won the game. <laughs> Kyle, there has been 
a scandal in the Highlander rewatched gaming community. Uh, Christopher Lambert is not in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Oh my gosh. I, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but what do you have to say for yourself? Uh, he's not really. He is not. I'm having Damon, like do, you, those... do you know who plays uh, Raiden? I only know this from Facebook <laughs> comments. James Remar? James Remar. What? Friend of Clay Barris, correct? I believe. Oh, <laughs> what? Yeah. I, I think he directed him in some stuff. Uh, so yeah, so Christopher Lambert is not in that movie, which I... I don't know if it's worth us uh, redoing our entire Endgame coverage to fix I, this problem, or what. I, I mean, I don't know what to say other than Google confirms what you're saying. So, <laughs> I, like, I'm obviously wrong. <laughs> um, I, I know what you can say, Kyle. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that I'm sorry. I'd be sorry. How do you, how do you think? I think you should address the fans, and you should address Eamon more specifically. Eamon. <laughs> You know, I uh, I danced, I, I very arrogantly danced <laughs> on your grave after I buried you in that game, and that was premature. Uh, I think that game, actually, I would have lost two points from that, so you, you actually would have won that game. I know, that's why it's such an upset, right? Uh, we have to we have to re-record all our episodes. <laughs> no, we have now, to go Eamon, back to the gathering and start yeah. all over again. Eamon, yeah. how, how do you feel now? Uh, do you oh, feel, feel, you know... I feel like a great weight has been lifted off my shoulders. <laughs> this is all fair. Uh, I'm sorry, Kyle, to tease you about that. Uh, but people jumped all over that shit on Facebook. I was like, uh-oh, what happened? Whoops. Uh, I like, also point out, just as an odd factoid, uh, that the music to that movie was uh, written by George Stanley Clinton. Not to Mortal Kombat Annihilation? Yeah, not to be confused with George Clinton. <laughs> what? Weird. Wow, that's very interesting or yeah, bizarre. Odd, but uh, so not the funk musician, but another George Clinton. Wow. Uh, anyway. I also that's that's fantastic. I'd also like to point out. I think we were all able to successfully name more Fairly Brothers movies at the top of this episode than we were Christopher, Christopher Lambert, Lambert movies, movies, which is good. Whoops. True. Very good. Uh, and that's how you play. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> that's the whole game. <laughs> the whole game is just calling me out. Yeah, that I was it. it. Well, no, okay. it's 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 done a lot of damage. I think there needs to be at least a week to heal. Uh, mm -hmm. But that, I'm glad we'll we're... have a period of reconciliation. I'm exactly. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. So all wow. will be all will be made right. But that's the game. That was wow. it. Just what a, calling what a you fun out. Game. Yeah. Very good. I've never seen. Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Uh, well, it's I don't got think the I centaur in it. Yeah. Motaro. Okay. I uh, read online that they did a test screening and everybody loved it. So they didn't finish any of the special effects and just released the test screening. Whoa. <laughs> That's an interesting choice. Yeah. yeah. That is. It's got Jax. I love Jax. Sure. Well, you'll love this movie then. <laughs> James Remar's Mortal Kombat. James Remar's yeah. Mortal Kombat. All right. Wow. Chris Fantastic. Uh, James Remar's Mortal Kombat Annihilation. All right. So let's let's wrap this up. So we've now done two more scenes. How are we feeling about this movie? Like, is it coming together for you guys? Are you excited for where it's going? Like, is this a like a mystery you want to know about? Or like, I don't know. 
No. It was just like, <laughs> no, not at all. It's so odd. Like the movie yeah. just gets stranger and stranger as it goes. And it's weird to think that the flashback scene might be the high watermark of this film. Yeah. Yeah. Like that that flashback might be as good as it gets in this movie. Uh and unfortunately we've already talked about it. So <laughs> uh you know, there's it might all be downhill from here, frankly. Yeah, um, I do want to just, uh, I, this is like going to become a hallmark of this, that I'm like, in our wrap-up, I want to like go back into the movie because there's something I forgot to say, of course. Uh, of I course. can't shut up. Um, but in the alt, I keep saying the alt cut, the, uh, the, the rough, rough cut. cut of this movie, the scene with Mythos like ends with like, Mythos has like a full glass of wine and mm. he's just like, he just dumps it over the ledge. <laughs> and I'm just like, why? Why? What are you doing? Like, why did he do that? It He's doesn't... been day drinking and decides he has a problem. Yeah, I I, yeah. I shouldn't do this anymore. It's just so bizarre. I, I I don't understand. It's like things just happen, and it doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, uh, this this has been a, a troubling viewing experience for me personally. Uh, it's been very upsetting to watch uh, all all this come together. So. Wow. Well, this might end Keith, so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's right. Well, thanks, everybody. Islander, uh, end Keith. Yeah, ooh, I love that. <laughs> I'm going to make a poster. Um, mm. Photoshop my head right onto the body. It'll look yeah. just like the real poster. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us this week. If you have any comments on the uh, episodes we've released thus far, uh, send us an email at highlanderrewatched at gmail.com and let us know your thoughts or interpretations or uh, any interesting factoids you might know about the production of this movie and how it all kind of came together. Uh, drop us a line. Um, we'll hopefully be able to read it on air uh we can't wait to talk more about this movie we will see you next week uh we've been your rewatchers i'm keith this is kyle this is amen bye, bye. bye.